0: Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a Lexus GX460 Premium Special Edition. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. Okay then, Alan, what is
1: the Lexus GX460 Premium?
0: Um, it is... it's a Land Cruiser.
1: But it was a Stetson and has
0: cowboy boots, is that? Uh, well, yes and no. It's a fancy version of the Land Cruiser sold in third world, in Canada and a number of third world countries. Uh, In... (laughs) To quickly yourself there. Including <laughs> Russia, Ukraine, Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan, Vietnam, Canada, Bolivia, Costa Rica, Dominican Republic, Panama, Philippines, and the USA. Oh, and the smaller engine one is sold in China as well, by the way, just in case anybody feels I'm being GX engine sized. It is really a luxury version of the Toyota Line Cruiser sold in the markets that I've just listed. It's what I have bought. Over here in the land of freedom, And that replaces the Scion. That replaces the Scion. Okay. Yes, there will
1: be a link in the show notes too, because we have already had a conversation about that
0: and yeah, the unusualness of it. Essentially, there were a couple of things that happened with the Scion. Scion, nice car, but when I bought it, it was phenomenally expensive because there was nothing available to buy anywhere here in well, anywhere in the USA as far as cars were concerned and you know, reasonably hadn't prices. And I hadn't existed, so all sorts of fun stuff around that. Uh, It then developed uh, a number of, uh, a small glitch, which I'd noticed right at the start with the clutch, got worse and worse and worse. Uh, It also started to show the occasional check engine light and some other bits and pieces. And I got a couple of quotes for the clutch, and the clutch was $2,500. Ouch. It were quoting me. And that was two, well, you would think so. And that was from two different recommended garages, both of them with a reputation for not extracting the urine. And both of them going, I'm really sorry, it's. And so I decided to take it along to CarMax, who will give you a price, buy just about anything because Carvan is just one step too far. Uh, so I took it along to CarMax uh, to get a price from them, and they went, "Oh, the paint's not very good," and took a <laughs> and took <laughs> took a few hundred dollars off the online quoted price for the paint, which was fair enough to be perfect honest, because it was kind of satin finish on one side and gloss on the other. And so they took some money off for that, but then they didn't mention. The clutch or anything else, and it was just like, I am not sinking any more money into this. I've just, for various reasons, had a little bit of money in my bank account. I am going to buy something different.
1: Something more, now, after you have
0: experienced well, the US road system. Well, there's also that. There's one of the things that whenever you're driving any distance in the US you do, and you're in a normal a normal height car, let's just say that, then after a little while, you get a little bit bored of the Ford Super Duty Uh, light signatures getting burned into your retinas because basically their grill badge is at the same height as your rear view mirror. You realize that the articulated trucks don't have side underrun bars and things. One of the weirdest things about driving here in the US, which I still haven't completely adjusted to, is the thought of, there's a truck, I'd better get past it before the junction. In our little European minds, trucks travel at 90 kilometers an hour, 56 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. In our little European minds. So a truck is always slower than you yeah almost always slower than you not here oh not here here they're doing 75
1: I, I I do feel with a lot of stuff that i've learned thanks partly to you but also thanks to the uh, power of social media safety seems to be a thing that is for other people a lot of the time on the roads
0: safety my friend is the opposite of freedom uh.
1: I am now when somebody quotes that,
0: how many people are killed in accidents in the US? Oh, it's remarkable. It's not much more. Well, yes, exactly. And the standard of driving, the amount of attention, the paltry amount of attention that is actually paid to the road and to the skill of driving is quite impressive. Trucks have massive blind spots. They've got no side underrun bars and stuff. And just on longer journeys, I just didn't. When I was back in the UK in February, Relatively speaking, I felt significantly much bigger on the road in the GRMN in the UK than I did in the much bigger Scion in the US. A colleague was over recently and went, Oh, that's a massive car. That's such a silly size of car, Alan. And it's like, "Mm, not so much. He wanted to go to one of the Outlet Malls nearby. And when we came out to put our various bags of designer gear (laughs) into the car, then, the, um, then he was like, where is it? It's like it's behind all those five pickup trucks. So it's somewhere down there. And he's like, it looks so small. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Despite the fact that it can seat seven and whatever else, it is quite compact. In fact, it's not that much longer. And it's definitely narrower than the current generation RAV4. Yeah, all right. So it's one of those great big SUV type things where it's, like, it's not really any bigger, is it? Mm. Certainly not in footprint. Anyway. That's. I've gone off on a great long ramble there, uh, which I didn't really mean to. I was going to tell you that we're reviewing a vehicle, essentially, when its successor, the GX 550, which has a V6 engine and, in some versions, a hybrid assist, has already been announced. And that they've shown the Lexus version. They have not shown the new Toyota version, which will be the replacement for the Land Cruiser. Okay. What is the replacement for the Land Cruiser? The Land Cruiser's been shown in kind of silhouette, up against an old fj model Mm. it's going to be slightly retro kitsch far blockier than mine believe it or not, that sort of lego block look we yesterday we recorded the the new show talking about the new shindai santa fe much more of that kind of style to it than than of the the sort of current style that i have not only by the way are we reviewing a vehicle that's already been replaced. We're reviewing a vehicle that we've mostly already reviewed. Andrew had the Land Cruiser Invincible a couple of Christmases ago. Uh, In fact, in uh, Christmas 2019, I think it was, which ties up so it's the same model year. I actually think the Invincible had a little bit more spec. I mean, re listened to your review, but there'll be a link to that in the show notes Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, So if you want the diesel version of this, which is all you can get in the UK and in most of Europe, uh, then we have driven that as well. I did almost get distracted, by the way, by a Cadillac ELR. It's worth mentioning that. It's the yeah. only other vehicle that I took for a test drive. I didn't intend on doing it. I was actually looking at Cadillac SUVs because there are some quite smart looking things in the Cadillac model range these days. And uh, I got distracted by the ELR. ELR's really interesting to me because it's uh, essentially a Chevrolet Volt, but in a luxury two-door coupe version. All right, okay, And it was Lovely. It felt so far ahead of its time. So it was 2017, I think, that I, that I tried. It felt so far ahead of its time. It was really, really nice. But for reasons I'll go into later, I decided to stick to my guns and stick to the, the GX, which is what I'd kind of decided I wanted. In fact, I, had I been able to find one, I would possibly have bought it instead of the Scion when I arrived. But they were just unobtainium. And I then did even more research. GX460 has a, I don't think I've ever said, I don't think I've said here, has a 4.6 litre V8 engine. You we'll talk about that a bit more later. There is a V6 engine GX400, which is only sold in China. It's available in a number of colours. It's available in more in post 2020 ones. So it got a further, so mine is the first facelift, there were two facelifts the, for the 460. The first one took it from a sort of smiley, smirky face into the first generation of the Lexus spindle grille so the easiest way to tell the difference between a first facelift and a second facelift is the first facelift has horizontal slats inside the spindle grille the second facelift it has a sort of mesh style with all the sort of points it's got what it looks like yeah it looks a bit more like the skin of a pineapple yeah there you go there's ways you didn't expect a car grill to be to be described I'm talking all the specs and prices and everything for the 2019 model uh, model year, like what mine is. So it was available in a number of colors. You could have Starfire Pearl, which is white, Silver Lining Metallic, which unsurprisingly is silver, Nebula Grey Pearl, which is metallic gray, and Nightfall Mica, which is a really nice dark blue, Fire Agate Pearl, which is probably the rarest color, which is a kind of metallic brown, which is actually quite nice black onyx which is black and claret mica which is a very nice dark red Uh, you could also have choice three interior colors black leather or leather-esque sepia which is brown leather or leather-esque and ecru which is beige oh i think that one's only available in leather from memory i really wanted the blue or the burgundy or even the brown with the sepia interior Uh, but those colors are rare the way that Um, most people buy their cars here is that they don't order them in the way that we would do in Europe and expect to wait a few weeks. And then, hey, looks, new car day, woo! (laughs) They expect to be able to drive in. I think the coolest of people wait 12 weeks for a blacky almost base model Yaris to be available. Um, (laughs) They don't. They expect it's the American thing. Instant gratification. Mm -hmm. As a result, the dealers tend to only spec The colors and combinations they know are going to sell quickly to get them off the lot. So we can't blame Quentin
1: Wilson for this. It is In this case,
0: no, no, it's it's, we blame the dealers. Really, they're mostly white, silver or black, the occasional metallic gray. And very rarely you'll see one of the other colors. Okay. As a result, I had to compromise. Mine is black on the outside, which is fantastic in the heat but it's sepia brown interior in fact to be honest the interior colour was almost more important than the exterior colour Okay. but there was no way I was having white otherwise you would have needed the United Nations sticker package on it yeah
1: I did actually see a white cruiser recently a mm. new one uh, you know most recent model before they yeah. canned them over here and I'm it, it you look at it and you go yeah that that has to have a light blue UN on the side.
0: I don't think they can them I think they made them unavailable to order.
1: Well I didn't I thought that they'd replace them with the whatever the other top of the range is now. Can't remember the Highlander what it's called.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's what sensible people would buy. I don't think they've really replaced it with the Highlander uh, if you look at the website it's just unavailable to order and it might well be oh, okay. because they've stopped producing Anyway, uh, mine new would have cost $56,600 plus uh, the appropriate tax for your state, registration fees for your state, and whatever rubbish the dealer decided to stick in there as well in terms of magic coatings and paperwork charges and all the other rubbish that happens over here and is increasingly happening in the UK. If you spec the current model to around the same, it is $60,710. My local dealer has three in stock for roundabout that. They've got a few extras like tilties, trims, and all sorts of other silly things which should really be standard. Engine itself, 4.6 liter. That's uh, 281 cubic inches for those of you who use Freedom Units. Petrol V8, putting out 301 horsepower and 329 pound-foot of the torques at a mere 3,400 RPM. That's transferred to the road or whatever other surface you desire Via a six-speed automatic with a torsion, uh, with a pardon me, with a transfer case and a permanent four-wheel drive, that travels front and back through a torsion limited slip center diff uh, that can be electronically locked by a button on the dashboard. Mm-hmm. So it's capable. It's. We'll come yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get to a little bit of that. Not that I've really tested not that I've tested it, but yeah, we'll 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 get to that. Okay. It weighs a mere two thousand three hundred and twenty-seven kilograms, which a while ago we would have said is incredibly heavy, but these days is a featherweight. Yeah, don't put any batteries <laughs> in that. Good yeah. God. God. Uh, it has the aerodynamics of a brick, essentially, mm-hmm. so that does blunt performance of speed rises. I couldn't find a 0 to 60 time, it doesn't seem to be. <laughs> doesn't seem to be something that was done. I think there's a reason for that. Oh, no, 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 no. Trust me. It is sufficiently brisk. Definitely oh, okay, up 60. Good. Joining. No, 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 no. Progress can be made very easily. However, as that the aerodynamics do play a role, because if you go over a certain speed, then all of a sudden you find it. Whilst the car will maintain it quite happily, uphill and down dale, you do notice it in the fuel consumption. Yeah, but fuel's so cheap over there, it doesn't matter. Uh, Well, uh, let's let's get on to fuel consumption, actually. Fuel consumption, the EPA ratings are 16, 15, and 18 uh, combined city and highway. Now, bear in mind that freedom gallons, which are significantly smaller than an imperial gallon, okay? I get the best figure from that anyway, Mm -hmm. round about there. Those figures, by the way, are, are quite accurate. I'm not exactly Captain Featherfoot. But generally, I get I get around the highway. That includes whenever I have to dodge in and out of the city or around town. That works out as a bit more than 20 to the gallon. Okay, The best I've seen is 24 imperial miles per gallon. So that's 24 euros. And to be honest, normally it's between 20 and 24. Okay, I don't feel it's too bad. Add to that that uh, premium fuel here, whenever I wrote these notes uh, a week or so ago, is $4.39.9 per US gallon which works out as 91 pence per liter and that's for premium. Uh, we've all just gone off you incredibly well. Wow. To compare so, and this is and this by the way is a particularly expensive part of the USA in which to buy fuel as it is an inter- expensive you're not part winning of the USA friends to do anything. Uh, that compared to Corby which is a cheap part of the UK to buy fuel uh, it was one pound forty-seven per litre for Tesco 99. Whenever I last checked online, it makes running this gear not so painful. Really, it is quite. <laughs> it's not well. I don't. I don't do a massive mileage either. To be honest, I'm not at the minute. We are all so very happy for you, Alan. On a day-to-day basis, I do not do a lot of miles. It will quite easily sit in the garage downstairs for five days of the week. Okay,
1: can we move on now to what sort of competition is in the marketplace for this, please, before we all switch off the podcast,
0: including me? <laughs> the most direct <laughs> the most direct competition is actually the Land Rover Defender 110. All right. So there's nothing US? Well, US stuff is either smaller and cheaper and very road biased. Okay. Or it is much bigger. Right. If you're starting to look at your escalasia your Suburbans, which are essentially because the same it's... Vehicle, a,
1: it's- it's quite a Japanese stroke European size vehicle. Yes. Even though it's big, but it's a big Japanese European vehicle, not Yes. Which doesn't translate to the US yeah.
0: easily. Even your shorter wheelbase, shorter length suburban, let's say, is a good mm. foot or two longer. Oh right, okay. And probably about a foot wider. Wow.
1: Well you've got to get you've got to fit all those Cup holders, haven't you?
0: In theirs, yes. 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 The Subaru, uh, Subaru Ascent, of course, being the winner in that. That Subaru Ascent is, is there, but it's not in the same price bracket. It's not in the same comfort bracket. And again, it's monocoque. It's not body-on chassis. Okay. Goodness knows what the 110 is these days. It's I I don't know, it's a handbag on watch or something. I don't know. But it is very nice, the Defender 110. I had a little bit of a look, actually, the other week at the British Car Day at uh, my friendly local uh, car museum. There was also a 130 beside the 110, so I could actually look in the back of those. Yeah. The 130 is far bigger in the third row than mine is. So you would now actually compare that with the Lexus Texas.
1: Uh, that's added the length behind the last wheel, though, hasn't it? Yes. They've not stretched the, the chassis
0: or the, the... No, no, it's the same wheelbase. They've base. just, despite, they've despite just the, basically
1: despite the numbers. added feet behind.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. They've added They've added quite a bit of space in the back. It's about the same size as with the Defender 110, body on frame, roughly the same power output. The new GX, the GX550, is actually significantly more powerful than most of the Defenders. Okay. And a mere 301 horsepower is about the same. as. It's slightly more powerful than the least powerful Defender sold over here. Other competition would be stuff like the Discovery 5, which is a bit off-roady. Okay. Stuff like the XC90, X5, X7 is is far more road biased mm. this is very much a soccer mom car over here there's kind of two angles to the ownership one is let's off road because it's body on frame not very big great market for accessories mm-hmm. and stick on bits uh, and it's reliable etc the other end the people who buy them new generally are uh, does tend to be the sort of soccer posh soccer mom setup one colleague of mine looked at them decided they were a bit small went off and bought an x7 m60i instead and he does not complain about lack of power in that in fact he really quite likes that a, a lot and the thing about the x7 is it doesn't look stupid sized here that's been a bit of an overview it's been quite a quite a ramble there i think we've covered quite a lot of things
1: yeah no that's a good that's a good introduction to it for us because you know we don't know and understand the U.S. market, et cetera.
0: Two countries divided by by a common language, really. I mean, now the language is about the only thing that the U.K. and the U.S. have in common. That is increasingly impressed upon me the longer <laughs> I'm here. Yes, it's it's very different. And the car market, totally. I mean, part of it is... I've forgotten what the book's called now. Oh, it was one of um, uh, LJK Setwright's books talking about the sort of social history of the motor car and I've forgotten its name right at the second. But essentially the American car market is, a lot of it is borne out from a car being an agricultural machine required in the countryside because in the early days of the car here there were fantastic public transport in the US. Oh, yeah. Whereas in Europe it has come down from being a rich person's plaything, and a car has pretty much always been in luxury. And that even now, to an extent, explains just the difference in attitude to to vehicles, to driving. You know, originally we, because you needed a Model T to get the distances between the towns and stuff, which has never been the, the same kind of issue in Europe. So there's mm-hmm. lots of stuff like that about why, why American cars and thus the American car market is the way it is compared to Europe. And of course, attitudes and financial positions and health have come... Just after the Second World War, as well, and the rise of marketing in the US and all these kind of fun stuff. Mm. It's actually a very interesting topic all in itself. We actually got some sort of expert on.
1: Do you want to do a quick run through of the exterior, though, for anyone that doesn't know what a Land Cruiser or what or what changes uh, have been made by Lexus?
0: Yeah, it's worth mentioning. By the way, this is based on the smaller Land Cruiser, uh, so what's <laughs> sold as the Prado in much of the world, as opposed to what was sold in Europe as the Amazon. That also is has been can't remember if it is right at the minute available here is a Lexus GX, uh, no, Lexus LX five seventy, which has a V eight engine as well. It's a five point seven liter V eight engine, which is from a completely different family from the one that's in mine. Okay, both flavors are available. This is the smaller flavor; the other one's far rarer. So it's essentially a Land Cruiser with a predator mouth stroke spindle grille on the front. And a lower front spoiler, which is hampers it a bit off-road. I'm, I'm told. I haven't tried it that hard yet. Over here, it is only available as a five-door, so there's no short wheelbase version, and there are no commercial versions. Even badges of Toyota, um, there's no commercial versions. There's nothing like that. All are the same engine. All are automatic as well. I know it doesn't really come in as a description of the exterior, but I'll cover it now. It is still body-on-frame off-roader. There is, and even when you're looking at it, although there is a sports trim that you can get, there is no sport involved here at all. The one thing I did fit is one of those great things in the US, which we don't have in the UK, and that is the concept of the hitch mount. You know, in the, in Europe, whenever we fit a tow bar, you fit the ball mm. and the sticky out bit. Here you don't. You fit a, essentially, you fit a piece of, uh, square tubing into which you can then mount hitches or other fun accessories.
1: All oh, right, okay, Here
0: okay. So I've actually got a bike rack for the back of mine. So I fitted, but thankfully for this, of course, because it's got a, it's a chassis, then uh, and the the rear cross member is right at the back. Then I bought the hitch mount, fitted it myself in ten minutes, lying on the floor of the garage downstairs. This comes with all the trailer lights. And controls as standard, including trailer sway control. Whenever you're driving, really, it was just a case of bolt on the hitch and you're away. Maximum tow capacity on one of these is six thousand five hundred pounds. That does require a slightly, a slightly bigger, chunkier hitch than I fitted because I'm not really intending on towing that much. But mine takes a five thousand pound hitch. That's still enough. That's a hell of a bike. That's still enough for two tons. Quite Your legs will be massive if you can pedal that. Yeah. It's, yes. Exactly. It was super easy. It was only four bolts on the rear member, lining up the hitch. And uh, I bought the fancy hitch with a spacer plate, so I didn't have to cut into the bumper. Win. Just bolt back in, and that cost me a whopping great seventy-five dollars. Boot area is access via a side hinged door. What's hilarious about that is it's hinged for. Right hand drive, So it opens against the curb if you pop. Lexus
1: have done a, a very French thing. Where yes. Stuff changing this for a different market.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A lot of the markets, which is kind of funny because other markets, it, it actually hinges up the way or in, I believe in some uh, some third world markets, for Land Cruiser versions, uh, then it also uh, will. It, I think it splits as well. I think it does a two-door. All right, so you two can door. Sit on it. No, no, different way. To it um but oh, the new, sorry right yeah, it, yeah. Fr- but from memory the new gx does have a fold down seat bit i think
1: very important for all the shooting parties
0: yes i've said before this is a large car by european standards compact by u.s standards you do lose it in car parks it does get obscured behind f-150s and and, and stuff like that
1: but you need to fit on an incredibly bendy Pull a giant flag.
0: Uh, it's tempting. You can actually get a fitting for the front of it if you go to some of the dunes uh, and you go off-roading places. Some of them you do need a flag, uh, and some people do sell a flag mount that you can sort of mount from under the bumper, and it comes round, so you don't actually have to grip it onto your paintwork.
1: Oh right, okay. Well, that's the that's the outside. Do you want to take us to the inside?
0: Yeah, one last thing. That's that you can actually get into the boot via the via the hatch in the top half of the door as well. So it does open. Yes. Up the way electrically. I love releases. that. As a, as a as a feature, that is brilliant. It's a particularly nice one actually because it takes the spoiler and the rear wiper with it.
1: Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: because the rear wiper is top mounted up inside the spoiler, so it's kind of it makes it very clean at the back, I guess. But then the uh, wiper comes down the way, which also means that it doesn't do half its sweep without any squish on it whenever you want to clean the back window.
1: Yeah, the Berlingo is mounted through the glass mm. um at the bottom. hmm So you do lift the whole the whole wiper
0: up as well. Mm. Um, but not the motor though, do you? Yeah, it's all it's oh, all luxury. in one oh. unit and it mm. Fair enough. So the inside the inside contains American luxury. That means there's leather. There's leather. Eek! Thankfully, it's stopped stopped short of ruched leather, so there's <laughs> a lucky break. Uh, there are some bits of stitching, and there is sort of mahogany trim. Uh, it's actually sapelli, which is a common mahogany substitute, and I think the amount of it is tiny, but it's just got like five mil of lacquer across it because everything is so glossy. It is sort of brown leather and brown leather and brown wood. Uh, which is to be honest it's a really nice comfortable pleasant place to be starting at the back as we do traditionally on here it is big by pretty much anyone's standards i have a sort of fridge stroke cooler stroke uh, yeah fridge stroke cooler thing uh, which i tend to keep back there because i have a one bedroom apartment and a limited amount of storage space just lives in the car because that's extra space 90 percent of the time i've also got one of those uh, action packer boxes which is essentially my garage uh, so it has tools uh, and a tow kit and all sorts of bits and pieces in there as well. And that takes up just under half of the boot space. And I've got sort of corner things that Velcro into the carpet, just hold everything in place. So it all looks quite neat most of the time, he says, thinking about the state it is right now. The third row stows under the floor. Oh, okay. The downside of that is that the floor is significantly higher than it would be if it didn't. You lose three to four inches. And it's very obvious because whenever you open the back door, you can see that there's this extra four-inch step inside the back door.
1: Yeah, but it, that is a vehicle you can lose three to four inches in height
0: because there's still an awful lot. I can still quite happily stand a two and a half-year-old inside the boot, and she thinks that that's hilarious. Till you break hard. <laughs> Joking, he doesn't. He
1: doesn't drive when they're standing up. Oh, dear. Yes, her parents banned that kind of thing
0: after the first incident. <laughs> After the first three no right stop it is two individual seats they do fold up in seconds unlike the invincible that andrew drove where his had the electric powered foldy thing which is standard on the luxury uh, trim spec not just the premium trim spec of gx 460 then you do actually have to pull a lever uh, pull two levers and a little cord thing to pop the the headrest up still you, you you're done in seconds. Uh, yeah. to put and to it, fold those up. It saves a little
1: bit of weight as well. And I note from your pictures, uh, and it's just bringing vague memories back as well, that they are those two individual seats have side seat belts. So it's a normal
0: three. Oh yeah, it's, it's three-point seat belts as well. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. All. So it's, uh, all so it's proper seat belts. It's not
1: up. like in the eighties when there was extra seats in the boot and they. Occasionally throw a seatbelt at you if you were lucky across your lap.
0: The, the original discovery where they sort of folded up were well, very neat folded up, but you got this kind of lap seatbelt and you sat sideways. Yeah, type of thing. No, no, not not like that at all. They are they are proper three points, and it
1: looks like there's actual room there as well for people to sit properly. It has been
0: thought out. There is, and that's the pictures of the middle row slid back as far as possible. That's that's mm-hmm. minimum uh, legroom. Not really had anyone back there not needed to have anyone back there to be honest we've normally managed to to fit everyone in for front five seats yeah on on occasions where friends and i have, have gone away for the weekend where you've got a sub one year a sub three year and two parents and me and all of the junk that accompanies said small children we have managed to just fit it all in the back thank goodness
1: right so you mentioned there the middle row of seats that they um so they're slideable
0: Uh, They are, but just quickly worth mentioning that uh, the rearmost seats each has a cup holder and a roof bent for the third zone aircon. Uh, Middle row, yeah, slidable, reclinable. It's 40-20-40, but it automatically works as 60-40, if you know what I mean. 20 in the middle can be folded separately should you need, want, or desire. It is possible to spec a pair of captain's chairs instead on premium and luxury models, in which case, of course, you only get two seats. Uh, but they have their own little pop-out cup holders and stuff. One of the things that you do miss out with that is that there is still the, there is always this big hole through into the boot space. Yeah. So if you put loads of stuff in the back, there is more chance that some of it will come wicking through, wicking through the middle.
1: Surely there is some aftermarket special uh,
0: luggage securing thingy. You'll notice that one thing I didn't mention when we were talking about the boot space, and there aren't really any curry hooks, by the way. There are sort of ones for the little net i've got across the back door but there aren't really any dedicated curry hooks is that a rear luggage cover is not standard and even on ebay they cost about three hundred dollars thankfully it's quite heavily tinted back there so i don't really feel the need for one but yeah if you did you just get a sheet and pin it in the corner yeah i'm not quite that tight no, I, would quid. Get, I would get the proper one uh, but i would not pay three hundred dollars for it i will keep an eye out there is you can get other ones from china which are not standard i might consider uh, middle row, yes, uh, they slide, they recline The outer seats are heated and have ice effects. Don't use the seat heaters and the ice at the same time That would be silly There is plenty of space for two kids' seats Isofixed in the outer seat And a smaller person can sit I'm told in comfort between them uh, I, I haven't done that You haven't
1: been driving and tested that out at the same time,
0: Alan But why not? I have not been driving and testing that out at the same time, now. Yeah, there are cup holes in the door and the rear armrest, vents in the roof for the aircon, but there's no 12 volt or USB sockets back there. I fitted a 3 by 12 volt and 4 USB splitter unit to the back of the cubby. Mm -hmm. One thing I forgot to mention about the boot trunk area is it does have a 110 volt socket. Oh, nice. Of limited wattage. So, to be honest, it would be more useful if it was a 12 volt, but it isn't. Oh, okay. As a result, I have a cable one cable trailing to this splitter and then from the splitter there's the other cable that leads to the toolbox okay running under the carpet up front front seats electric heated cooled yay uh and the drivers uh has has a memory function as well their com- seats are comfortable there's not a lot of side bolstering on the squab uh, it's not bad on the back but on the squab is a little bit slippery particularly on uh on american leather dashboard however Console was one of the big changes for the 2020 plus model where it gained a much bigger screen mounted at the very top of the top of the center console and also CarPlay and Android Auto. Mine doesn't have. The plastic down there is kind of silvery goldy spray finish. It looks Amstrad, but it feels Denon. if you know what I mean. (laughs) It does look quite cheap, but then the feel of all the buttons and everything. Is really nice, particularly stuff like the volume knob. Um, is just really nicely damped. Good. From the top it goes vents, then a touch screen with a pretty old tech UI, I'll talk about that a bit later. The shortcut buttons down both sides, it's not too bad to use. It's both better and worse than the touch two unit and the GRMN, depending on what function you're talking about. Okay. Below that is a reduced set of aircon controls you get rather cheesy round temperature buttons for each side which look a bit cheap and out of place and they're the bit that makes it look most amstrad right but then you get buttons in the middle in a much nicer more sophisticated looking little panel which controls the research whether you want it auto or off the defrost and demist and then alter the screen as well as the other option there uh, as well as mm-hmm. a switch that turns the rear aircon unit on or off temperature only shows in degrees freedom it turns out that's not a software setting it is actually that's, that's hardwired it. into, the, it's to do with the jumpers on the PCB and you have to take out the uh-huh. whole unit and disassemble it and then change the jumper from one bit to another bit. It's not even a jumper. You have to actually remove a, a link from one bit and then solder it back in somewhere else. I'll stick with degrees freedom. The system is one of those ones where you you set the temperature, you just leave it. just Just let it do its stuff and you will be comfortable. Do not fiddle with it. Uh, the rest of the controls, you can go into more detail. You have to do that through the touchscreen. Now, there is a climate shortcut button, and then you can twiddle it from there. But like in any, most Lexuses are like this, that basically you set the temperature, you just let it work it out. This one isn't smart enough like it is in some where it will cool, turn on the cooled seats. If it decides you need the cooled seats, you do have to do that stuff manually in this one. So it's yeah. not full climate manager thing below that there is a cd and a dvd drive the only physical cd and dvd drives i have here <laughs> um with uh, knobs for volume tuning and track uh, or preset skip buttons as well onto the center bit was sort of wood see previous comments cover for the usb ports and 12 volt socket um the seat heater and cooler the sort of rollers to control the seat heater and cooler uh either side back from that we've got traditional prnd shift lever The only drive mode it has is sport, which is pulling the lever to the side and then you can plus and minus uh, as you so desire if you need engine braking or I don't know. I've only used it once or twice for engine braking and that was it. Couple of button blanks as I have the steel suspension, uh, not the air suspension uh, that you get on the luxury model and I don't have the adaptive damping either. Both of these are seen as quite a good thing uh, because they can be a bit much uh, and they are the bits that Fail. Oh, okay. At some point, there are other switches there for descent control, which can be swapped out for a c- crawl control module. Instead, you can also fit terrain response module. Um, in total, I think it's about five hundred fifty six hundred dollars for those two modules. And they one of the wonders of Toyota engineered stuff. Is that it's very often plug and play. So it's lit, it's a, it's lit, it's simply a case of disassembling half the passenger side of the dashboard, plugging the modules in, and then all of a sudden you magically have these new features. That were only available mm. on more expensive models. It's kind of ridiculous that the luxury model was the one that came with all the hardcore, hardcore off-roading stuff, but there you go. Spinning in front of the driver, analog speedo, tack, fuel water temperature with gear display and a small white on black screen in the middle, which can show a couple of things, uh, standard basic trip computer functions, that kind of stuff. Nothing mm-hmm. very exciting. Uh, there are little circular portholes for the gear selector position. It will actually tell you, as well as just showing you on a little image of the gear selector, which is a bit tautological. And then there's another button, There's another little porthole, which in mine only really shows you if you've got the rear hatch open, but in models with um, air suspension, will show you if it's raising or lowering and which particular ride height has been chosen. Okay, but I neither need nor desire that. steering wheel itself has cruise control and... Navigation for the binnacle screen. That's it. Uh, the wheel has wooden bits on it, uh, so they get nice and hot. I don't ever feel the need for wooden bits on my steering wheel. The leather on my steering wheel is also incredibly shiny, given it's only a 38,000 mile car. I don't know how much hand cream the previous owner used. I suspect it was really quite a lot. Mm.
1: If we follow our normal routine, then
0: this would be the time that you tell us about all the driving dynamics well thanks for that andrew yes i will driving yeah i guess there are some (laughs) driving it is really not dynamic if you put the GRMN at one end of the scale towards one end of the scale catering seven further that way this is quite far in the opposite direction but that's fine yeah that's fine a sports car here i decided would be a waste partly because Around here, the roads are not that interesting. I mean, everything is like as wide as the M25, and if it's not as wide as the M25, then it is mostly a case of navigating potholes. Oh, okay. It's appalling around here. I would hesitate to buy. Oh, well, I just decided not to buy a sports car here, partly because of the winters, partly because the condition of the roads I have to cross to get from mine to anywhere I want to go without taking mm. a significant detour would just trash the suspension components and trash the alloys. Just no, really. Urban roads are appalling. Anything that's not an urban road tends to be wide and straight, or at le- or at the very worst, uh, gen- by by my Scottish standards, gently curving right no particular need for a Lotus Elise okay this rides quite well Mm -hmm. it's not exactly soft but it does still manage to pitch under braking and and yes of course it rolls in the bends it is a body on frame off-roader which is designed for off-roading this is not a sports utility vehicle by the way you'll notice I've not used that term at all at least I've not intentionally used that term that would be a fib because it would very much be a fib sport out the window. It's a luxury utility vehicle. I'm sure some of that's been coined before, I've heard that one. That roll, by the way, not quite as bad as you expect. Uh, this has dynamic anti-roll bars. It's a system called KDSS and it stands for kinetic dynamic suspension system. It essentially connects front and rear anti-roll bars with uh, hydraulic fluid by some magic. And it's it's kind of it's kind of passive in that there's no setting for it. I can't say I wish to roll more now. It's all speed mm. controlled and sort of road surface controlled. So it reacts to what the car is doing. If I'm at low speeds, uh, then there will be less anti-roll bar than if I am turning at high speeds. It's generally stable, but if you go slowly and pitch it hard, then into a roundabout, you, it, it does. It will roll. Uh, I mean, it won't roll over, but there will be body roll. Yeah, That 4.6 liter V8, mostly silent most of the time, which is which is good. It is, it's very relaxing, but it is one of those cars where just by gently resting your foot on the throttle, you do tend to build speed without noticing. <laughs> the other thing, of course, stuff like over here uh, driving like that, Freddie discussed how normally a truck is doing 56 miles an hour, here it can be doing 76 miles an hour quite easily, and also other people. Uh, just because the drive speed limits are lower here in the U.S. does not mean people drive slower here in the U.S. In fact, they tend to drive like a bat out of hell. Well, they either drive like they've first time they've ever been in a car, or they're going like a bat out of hell. There is no middle ground, right? Certainly not around around Boston. Certainly not to the south of Boston. Anyway, I often use the manual cruise control. Uh, it doesn't have adaptive. Uh, that came later, to for, in a sort of vague attempt at license. Correct. I mean, it is an invisible car on the roads here. There are so many black Lexus GXs. It's not quite as common as the Subaru Crosstrek, but it's getting there. Mm. Worth mentioning that that engine it shares it does share some genetics with the LC five hundred that I had a couple of summers ago. It's the same bottom half, uh, although the top it doesn't have the awesome hard designed head. Not just the LC five hundred, but cars like the ISF the rcf and the gsf also used the same that same uh, lc500 engine so there's a connection there lineage they often they began from roughly the same chunk of metal if you do put your foot down then it will kick down and it will make va noises it's not the full type setup because it is a single exhaust system uh right the way back right. it's not it's not twin pipes with a cross crossover or anything like that but it just goes blah, and and does it but most of the time it's it's silent one of the key reasons to buy this is for road trips it does excel at, at those at driving speeds silent is comfortable i'll get to it in a minute but the stereo is fantastic that's 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 really the plan for it
1: cool well i think we have to move on to technology can you tell us all about what is oozing out
0: of this car technology wise not a lot. Honestly, it doesn't really have that much tech. It's got nothing that really stands out. It has blind spot monitoring. That's helpful. It has no lane departure warning. It has a uh, satnav. nav uh, It's got manual cruise control. The sat-nav costs $250 to upgrade the maps, because it's maps on a chip. Even then, they're not very up-to-date. Uh, I, when I got it, I went along to the Lexus dealer and said, yeah, new maps. What's the deal? And they said, $250. And they said, but don't buy the ones yet. I was like, why not? And they said, well, they haven't renumbered all the junctions around here yet. So unless you really, really need it, I would wait and then see if they've done it in the autumn release. And once we've got the autumn release, we'll know, and then we'll know if it's worth ordering. But if it's junction numbers you need, then then don't do it yet. So that's fair enough. Okay. Uh
1: A helpful dealer. That's nice.
0: Uh, well, yes, but yeah, uh, the helpful parts department at the dealer, yes. Yes, parts department, very good indeed. Very impressed with them. They're lovely. And the coffee and the cookies whilst you're waiting at the dealer are also very good indeed. Prices for replacing rear reversing lights, not so good. Spicy, I would say. And that's not just your Scottishness coming out. That is not just my Scottishness coming out. The unit will download the weather and traffic using HD radio. Uh, which is the American version of DAB? Uh, it seems to work well. Actual fact, the sat nav generally works well. I mean, I'm used to Lexus and Toyota sat navs. I'm maybe a little bit more accommodating of the unique and special way in which they read out directions. And when they read them out, I do sometimes use it. If I'm having, if I know the traffic's going to be bad and I have to go through Central Boston on the sort of the Big Dig tunnels, then I use that because it. Phone-based GPS, solely GPS-based sat-nav goes nuts whenever you get stuck in traffic under there and it doesn't know where you are relative to the junctions. Whereas this one is much, much better. Obviously, it's directly related to the speed sensor in the car and all sorts of fun stuff like that.
1: But I thought AM would tell you everything. Let's not go there. Don't forget, we must have AM on everything.
0: I don't know. I've never used it funnily enough. It will have. It will have, it must do. It can also read out text messages sent to my phone it will make a loud binging noise Lucky you. and it will read any text message out in a shrieky american lady voice which is oh. quite strange it's quite very strange whenever it's from your dad or someone yeah <laughs> or well, that's not your siri voice that you have it's not it's very much not british siri british lady siri which is what more my stuff is set for that's a little bit strange the thing i've got to put in the list here is that the quality of the stereo is really fantastic. This is not the optional Mark Levinson system. It okay. is the standard system, which still has a multiplicity of speakers. I mean, I've still counted. I think I've identified where there 11 are, and I've probably not got them all. I think there's a subwoofer some, hidden underneath the dashboard somewhere. It's really very good. I've had to turn down the bass a bit because it was a little bit... But, but the motoring podcast comes through really well. Comes through clear. beautifully. Yeah, it actually does. Yes. It makes the, the motoring podcast, other podcasts come through very, very easily. That's normally a pretty good test, actually, of of a car stereo is how easy yeah. it is to to listen to podcasts and stuff.
1: Don't you have that um playlist of the Yeah, the, the Rolls Chateos. Royce the Rolls
0: Royce playlist. Yes, yeah. it was the Rolls Royce Black series playlist that was put together by <gasps> listener and really nice guy. Uh Dave David Monks, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, hope so. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry if I've got. He's that just wrong. moved. He has. Yes, this, this is that gets used in test cars anyway. Across the lines, all these songs come through, and they are crystal clear. It's just such a nice stereo.
1: But that's what you need if you've got a car that you are wanting to do lots of road trips in. And let's be fair, if you're going to do a road trip, Murca is a good place to do it because it's so huge. And everything does become a road trip just to go and get your tacos or your shopping or whatever it
0: is. That's a road
1: trip suddenly because everything's miles Th- away.
0: There's only two distances in America. There's just around the corner and and an hour away. And pretty much no matter where you are, those are the measures. Because when you're in urban centers, it can take so flippin' long to go, to go anywhere by car. It takes an hour. Equally, you know, you can pick up most stuff that around here at Duncan. Uh, there's a, you know, Duncan on every corner. It's the, it's the New England dream. Uh, the uh, between that and CVS and Target and stuff, and, and you know, Chipotle and, and, and any of these decent fast food places, then they're, they're everywhere, mm. or it's a trek. There, there is no middle ground.
1: Yeah. But for because of that, you need it to be, you need your car to be comfy unobtrusive and you want a good sound system because you
0: are going to be listening to something whether it's spoken word or whether it's music and unobtrusive i think is, is optional and what you've just said there of course goes right the way back to what i said about the beginning uh, at the beginning of this about the derivation of why american cars are the way american cars are and why european cars are the way european cars are mm. but yes my plan is to take this i'm heading off to uh devil's tower in wyoming as you do via a number of other stops or en route. And I believe I will come back declaring I have bought the perfect car for this.
1: With that in mind, your verdict's really very negative then. <laughs> I
0: love it. Let's be completely clear. This is, if you are sensible and measured and you, are, and you are weighing up all your options, you will not buy this car. This is a thirsty car. It's not particularly space efficient inside. It's not great for carrying seven people. It has off road ability you will practically never use. You just don't need this car. It sounded like you needed to get a van. You should buy a Toyota Highlander instead, which is a minibus in disguise. It is very good. I had one for the first month I was here. It is a very, the Highlander is a lovely vehicle. Um, they're about to bring out a Grand Highlander. So there's a, see previous comments about the Lexus, the, the Land Rover 130, Defender 130. Mm. Oh, I could do it all wrong there. Got my wrong brand house. And there is now, you know, the new Lexus, what's being jokingly called the Lexus Texas. That's the Lexus TX, has just been announced. If you are sensible and you want to carry seven people around, you will buy the Lexus TX. If you want to carry fewer than that, you will buy the Lexus RX. Okay. If you don't want to spend as much as that, then you will buy the various, the Toyota Highlanders and stuff from there. You won't buy this. People will still buy this <laughs> because it's like all the best cars. It is pretty flawed, but I really love it. I'm really pleased with it. Um, I was asked the other day if I would bring it back. And uh, really, whether I bring it back or not depends on whether I can pay off the outstanding finance whenever it time- it's time to come back. I don't okay. intend on changing my car again in the time I'm in US.
1: This feels like, from everything you've described and knowing you like I do, this feels like a much more Alan car than the Scion did. And I know there's reasons why you got that car. Mm. One of them being that is all there was. It, it is a bit. It was that or walk. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I, I do. I do get that. But this. This definitely feels much more you, and will enable you to do much more. Mm.
0: I believe. Um. In in your even stuff like, like going away for friends a weekend. Now, I normally buy my cars with three doors or fewer, so I don't have to carry passengers. But it's just yes. been so darn convenient. It's like I'm cutting them from the airport. Welcome to joining the rest of us. I all know, I'm having to go. Yeah. Allowing other people in your car. Like other people in my car and fitting of kiddie seats and all sorts of other stuff, which I'm just not not used to we have become yannick and i have become very quick at that your twitches are really under control as well from thinking of all the mess those kids could make in the back there
1: was a point where it, have you got to let have you got a battery hoover
0: um yeah <clears throat> is there
1: any modifications or anything that you are planning or possibly will plan to do with this vehicle
0: the well, previous owner fitted tires that are too small however okay. they fitted good tires that are too small <laughs> relatively recently so there's plenty of tread and then the trouble is so there's plenty of tread and they actually quite quiet, and they're quite economical tires, and they've actually got a good rating, which is a pain in the bottom, because they're actually quite ugly. They have this nasty side pattern that makes them look much chunkier than they are, and it just looks a little bit try-hard. But the trouble is, if I bought new tires, I could go and replace the tires, but I don't really want to replace tires because the wheels look like they're a little bit inboard. So I'd want ones with a little bit less offset. Then you end up, and then you go, well, actually, I'd prefer a 17-inch wheel for instead of an 18-inch wheel. and those 17-inch wheels fit, and they look really good. And that'll just give it a bit more grr, even though it doesn't really need, need it. But it'll just make it get better stature. And then I'm worried that if I do that, then it'll look weird because the tires might be too big and it sit too low at the same time. So they will have to lift it. And then you think, well, that would be cool and that's fine. And then you go, well, you know, the next thing, it looks a bit lame without a roof rack on the top. And then I know that that's another $800 for a decent low profile one, which doesn't really raise roof height that much. And then you think, but then the front clip is a bit low. So maybe I should get sort of one of those kind of concealed discrete winch bumpers that goes at the bottom and it protects that bit. So it's knowing that it's like that. And then it becomes a slippery slope. And next week on
1: Alan's Descent into
0: Mars. Uh But no, the trouble is I don't have the ability here. I don't have the, the, the capability here. So I have the skills. I know the processes, but I just don't have the tools available to me to do it myself
1: so it's going to it's going to remain pretty much stock yeah, as is it it should um, yeah you've, you've made the, the big the big change you wanted to make which was fitting the Oh, um, ooh, that, was a, the big, rear that was a big change oh that was all 10 minutes of it but it's yeah but it's convenient because it from what it was back. it what it then allows you to do yes it is a big change
0: mm, okay i'll give you a, whatever pain in the bottom <sighs> i'll give you, it's a big change okay yeah i I put a hitch on it Woo. Yeah, but mostly stock. Because I don't want to ruin it. It's like you can get mm-hmm. exhaust a, a bit louder. And my chief antagonist in, in this w- was over on a work visit recently. And he said, you could get a louder exhaust for this, couldn't you? And I was like, yes. And he said, but I wouldn't. He who fits, who has transferred the same HKS back box across three different cars? No. And if it's not the same HKS back box, then you'll probably correct me. Then he's definitely moved the same, the same carbon fibre-edged exhaust tips across three cars. So that's the kind of lunacy I'm having to deal with here and beat off. That <laughs> you're enabler, you mean? Yeah. He, and he was like, I wouldn't change too much on this. Needs bigger wheels, but and he's right, it he does. I just don't want everything to foul. I, I don't, I don't want it to become a too much of a slippery slope, to be honest. But I would like. He wasn't troubles. I just can't store those. I then have to try and sell them, and then. It, it, everything becomes a bit of a hassle.
1: Okay. Well, I think that sort of rounds it up. I think that's a really good uh, explanation of the vehicle, what the the Lexusnessnessnessness of it, mm. why you've got it, what you want to do with it. Um. And I, I, well, I'm. I hope you have many, many, many happy, 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 and inexpensive
0: miles with it. Mm. So do I. It will need to service by the time it gets back, but that's fine. I shall go somewhere. Else. Yes, yes, so do I. Thank you very much. It's I, As I say, I'm, I'm, I really do like it. It makes me smile every time I start it up. And It goes, vroom. And then I drive out between all the Porsches and it goes, vroom. See, so other things downstairs. It doesn't look like someone's let the cleaner use their parking space. Oh, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. let's move on. That's been slightly narcissistic. I'm sorry about that. Uh, but don't forget, folks, that between now and next time, give us any feedback, share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activity. Please don't forget to leave a review or rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? The best way to
1: get in touch with me is if you search for Crack Windscreen on Twitter or Mastodon, you should find me there. And I don't know if people improbably think that you have not covered all the bases and all the nuts and screws and bolts and switches etc of your
0: new vehicle what's the best way for them to get in touch and ask you questions i'm not quite sure i've waffled so much that i think there's practically nothing that i missed but if there is something that you do would like to know more about uh then you get in touch with me on twitter or mastodon where i'm at Bradley. that's b-r-a-d-l-e-y uh, we'll be back before very long but until then i've been alan bradley i've been under clues and safe motoring